Welcome to Van Lathan's The Red Pill, where we give you the brutal reality of truth. On today's episode, Tory Lanez. Tory Lanez, part of the New Toronto, one of the most popular singer-rappers uh, in the game right now, has a brand new album out now. It's called Love, was it Love, Love Me Now is the album? Is that the album? Somebody leave, leave this all in. I know the album, I, I lived it too. Is it Love Me More? Is Love Me Now? I listen to it, man. I listen to Love Me Now. I'm going to, you know, hold on. I'm going to do something a little different in the intro here. I'm going to, um, <clears throat> because I listen to Love Me Now, Love Me Now question. I'm going to tell you my favorite tracks off Tory Lane's Love Me Now in the intro because I was listening to it. Um, Love Me Now with all uh, with weird letters. She told me. She told me that I couldn't hit it. Did you hear that one? Yeah, that's, that's love me now. It's dope. I like I like she told me. I like uh, flexible. Uh, I like cut me off. I like a lot. Of, this album is dope. It's great stuff. Like we had Tory Lanez in here to talk about um, his new album. We talked about a lot of other things too. Growing up in Canada, uh, what it was like. You know the sort of perception that Canada is soft. Where we get that? Is it true? Um, he gives great answers to that. The N-word in rap music. How Tory Lanez feels about fans using the N-word. How Tory Lanez feels about whether or not they have the right to use the N-word if it is, in fact, in the song. And when I say fans, of course, I mean the Watts. Okay? Um, we also discussed Tory Lanez's jump shot. Damn. Yes. You guys have seen the jump shot. If you haven't, I want you to stop listening to the podcast right now. YouTube, the jump shot. You should be able to see it and then come back and finish the podcast. We're going to find out from Tory Lanez <clears throat> how that jump shot uh, came into being and why it looks the way that it looks. Also, why he feels like one day he is going to be the biggest artist in the world. We did the same thing we do. On every episode of The Red Pill here, we got to the heart and to the core of Tory Lanez. Couldn't be prouder of the brother. Couldn't be more, uh, more happy for all of his success. So listen, pop some pills. Let's get into it. By the way, people have been kind of getting at me about the whole pop some pills thing. Let me talk to this. Let me, let me address this for a second. Red Pill Podcast. Obviously, it's from The Matrix. Red Pill, Blue Pill. It has nothing to do with weird Reddits. With guys saying all kinds of crazy stuff, oh, it's red pill. This it has something, something else completely different. Okay, when I say pop some pills, kids don't do drugs. It's a metaphoric thing, meaning that we're going into the fucking getting out of the matrix, and we're gonna bring Tory Lanes and whoever else is in the chair into the truth. Don't do any drugs. Don't pop any pills. There's enough sort of evidence in the society right now about why you shouldn't do this, and hopefully. You're listening to it. Um, anything else that we want to touch on before I get into Tory Lanez? Like, Jason, is there anything going on right now? In the, uh, oh, you know, I want to talk about. I want to talk about one thing. Uh, before, uh, no, yeah, go out and vote because we're not gonna have another podcast before before the elections, are we? We're not gonna have another podcast, are we, Jason? We'll be up on election day, but we won't have a chance to make a um, to to make a change. Then it'll be too late. All right, so yeah. Um, Listen, voting. I'm speaking directly to my community. Okay. I know that you guys are frustrated. I know that there is a belief that um, no matter what you do, uh, no matter what you accomplish, no matter how hard you try, that your position in this society has been assured and that in some type of way, Pain and struggle and oppression are your birthright in America. I know how it feels. I know how it feels. I'm trying to tell you, and so many other people are trying to tell you, that simply isn't true. Is voting the answer to what cure to the ills uh, that um, plague our community? No, it's not the answer. There is no one answer. There is an elixir, okay, that is going to finally uh, root out these problems. And voting 
is just one ingredient in that elixir. It allows you to actively be a part of uh, the American um, political process, and it also allows you to make your policy initiatives uh, a priority by using the ballot. It's not a cure-all, okay? It's not something that's going to undo hundreds of years of oppression. But remember that there were people that um, uh, that really put their lives on the line so that you could do it. And the reason why is not because they thought uh, it was something symbolic. They thought it was something necessary to being a full member of the American society. Now, if you don't want to be that, I get it. I understand. Um, and there's something to be said later on for how to break the system apart and maybe rebuild it together. But for anyone out there who believes that there's a candidate or an initiative that reflects your priorities, your opinions, uh, and your passions uh, politically, I urge you to go out and support that person with your ballot. Give you an example. Nick Cannon was on a podcast last week. Nick Cannon said something about Brett Kavanaugh, about how Brett Kavanaugh was appointed. Okay, he said that we didn't vote for Brett Kavanaugh. That a lot of these people are appointed. Here's the thing: we did vote for Brett Kavanaugh. America voted for Brett Kavanaugh. They did, and the way that America voted for Brett Kavanaugh was because we didn't get out. For the other candidate, for Hillary Clinton like we should have to put her in the White House like we did before, we got Donald Trump. Donald Trump appointed the judge that he wanted. So now the reproductive rights of our sisters and women everywhere are in peril. That's what happens when you don't vote. When we're talking about who is appointing who, Donald Trump is appointing who he wants because the power of the vote was given to a monster. And now you have other monsters in power as well. Doesn't mean that uh, it's not going to happen again. It doesn't mean that they're not going to use every lowdown trick in the book to make sure that your, vo your voice doesn't count, to make sure that your vote doesn't count. What it does mean is that if we want to overcome those things, we have to be vigilant. And the first thing uh, that comes with being vigilant is being active being active in the votes. Please go out and vote. Big races in Georgia. Stacey Abrams is in a tight one. Big race down in Florida. Andrew Gillum is in a tight one. Big race in Texas. Uh, Beto O'Rourke is in a tight one. But remember that outside of those big things, there are issues in your community, in your state, in your city that demand your attention. And if you truly want the, powers, the power of your citizenry uh, to be invoked, you got to go out there and make your voice heard. So please go vote. All right. And watch TMZ tomorrow. I'm going to piss off everybody with my Halloween costume. I'm, 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 my Halloween costume is going to piss everybody off tomorrow. I'm seriously. Let's see, uh, dude, my Halloween costume tomorrow is going to piss everybody off. And I, I, I think it's funny. I like it. I can't wait. So before we get into Tory Lane's. Got to go ahead and pay some bills real quick. From visionary filmmaker Spike Lee comes the incredible true story of an American hero. In the early 1970s, Ron Stallworth, played brilliantly by John David Washington, becomes the first African-American detective in the Colorado Springs Police Department. Determined to make a difference, he bravely sets out on a dangerous mission. Infiltrate and expose the Ku Klux Klan, he recruits a seasoned colleague, Flip Zimmerman, played by Adam Driver, into the undercover investigation. Together, they team up to take down the extremist organization aiming to garner mainstream appeal. Produced by the team behind the Academy Award-winning Get Out, we all love that movie, Black Klansman offers an unflinching true-life examination of race relations in 1970s America. Available now on digital on 4K, Ultra HD, Blu-ray, and DVD on November 6th. From Universal Pictures, Home Entertainment, Black Klansman is coming to your homes. All right, uh, let's get into Tory Lanez, man. Uh, uh, love this dude. Wore a lot of jewelry. I have no jewelry. Let's do it. It's still First of all, we rolling, right? Yeah, we rolling. 
right, first of all, we're gonna give it up for Tory Lanez, man. This is big for the Red Pill Podcast, man. This is a legit superstar of music that we got sitting down right here, man. (laughs) Purpose is an interesting concept, though, because like when when I was a kid, my mother would say to me, she would be like, your goal is to claim everything that's already for you. Mm. And I'd be like, how do you mean? She was like, the reason why you work, the reason why you 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 push yourself is so that you stay prepared so that when something's within your reach that you're supposed to have, that you don't miss it. Mm. And that's kind of what purpose is. Purpose is 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 fulfilling a destiny that you that's already there for you. And the work that you put in is kind of what you have to pay to make that happen for yourself. This is true. When did you realize that that's what you were doing? That music wasn't just what you liked; it was your purpose on earth. Um, just a quick backstory, right? Sure. My real name, not Tory Lanez. My real name is Daystar, Daystar. Peterson. Yeah. Right. And the way my name was actually given to me was uh, my dad is a missionary preacher, missionary mm. a, a pastor. He travels all around the world and preaches. Now, my dad is like a very ordained speaker, like very, very intellectual guy, very smart. Mm-hmm. You know, the way he words things always made people feel really good. And he was just really good at teaching. Mm-hmm. So one day, this is when I'm, I'm not even born yet. I'm in I'm, my mom is pregnant with me at this time. They're in right. a hotel room in Virginia. And he's praying, and he says, and he puts his hands on my mom's stomach, and he says, may, may God grant my child uh, longevity and long life to the day dawns and the day star arises. And he said, God stopped him in his prayer and said, that's what your child's name Daystar. Daystar. He said, at this point, when he, tell, like, when he tells me the story, he's like, at this point, I didn't know if you was a boy or if you was a girl, mm-hmm. but whatever your name was going to be, was going to be Daystar. Right. And what my name actually means is a revolutionary light of progression to my generation. So Jesus. I, I, I kind of feel like in a weird way, when I say things like, yo, it's been written for me to mm-hmm. do certain things, I know I, I wasn't blessed with the talent that I have by coincidence. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I feel like everything uh, that I can see in my mind or I could potentially feel like I can grab in my mind is grabbable for me. Right. And the things that I think are grabbable are so big, but I, I, I don't see them that far away. Right. They just, they're what's supposed to be. It's just, I'm supposed to get this at some right. point. Like, what's supposed to happen? Like, I, I genuinely feel, like, genuinely, that one day, and I know no matter what happens, I, I don't, I can't speak on this. I can't say, you know, at what time. I can't say... Mm-hmm who's going to be there at what time. And, but I can say at some point in life and at some point of time, Tory Lanez will be the biggest artist in the world. The biggest artist, not biggest, the biggest rapper. No, the biggest, the biggest artist, artist the in biggest the world. The biggest artist in the world. Wow. No doubt about that. That's how you're supposed to feel. And, but you don't, you, you're not just saying that on your rap brag shit. You're saying no, that that's, mean, what, that's inside of you. I mean, genuinely, like that. it's, it's, it's instilled in me to... To want to be that and to know that I can be that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not the most, I'm not going to say and be like, yo, I'm the most confident guy. And I believe that every single thing that I say out of my mouth is going to happen. But mm-hmm. at the same time, certain things, you know, and I, 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 I believe in this really firmly is that when certain things burn in your chest and they're a burning desire that you have, there's a reason for that. Right. And the more you follow it is the closer you get to the goals that you see that thing bringing you. Mm. So... I just kind of look at everything like a, it's just a progression race. I'm going to progress and I'm going to come to a place where I progress so hard because I've worked so hard that I'm going to be the biggest artist in the world. You know what's crazy is when your dad gave you that name, he also put you in a box where that had to happen because you can't be named Daystar <laughs> working at Best Buy. Now, it's really real. Like you, like you, it can't be like, yo, Daystar in home theater bring out the TVs. You're like, you can't, you can't do that. True. You know what I'm saying? It's so true. like he, he knew he was like, hmm. This little special guy right here. I'm gonna give him a name where people know he walks into the room. He's Daystar. Nah, so when you say the biggest artist in the world, that's interesting because you know that's a lofty goal. And a lot of times when people hear someone say something like that, uh, they start thinking, "Oh man, who does this guy think he is?" or something mm-hmm. like that. Of course. One, how does it make you p- feel when people say Tory Lanez is arrogant or Tory Lanez is cocky? And number two. Why do you feel like your confidence offends some people or your purpose offends some people? 
Um, number one, I think that's probably one of the biggest misconceptions about me is that I'm like mad arrogant. Mm. Like I treat everybody with respect. I'm a very humble person, but you know, I think sometimes when I have fun, I, I I'm kind of also like very outlandish and loud sometimes. Mm. But I think people people kind of misconcept what's actually going on. My thing is is like I'm not necessarily a person who you know I don't walk in the room like. I'm the most confident guy in here. It's not that. It's mm-hmm. just that something about whatever's been installed in me believes that I can do things that people don't necessarily every day think that they can do. Yeah, on yeah. every day on their everyday thought list, they don't think, you know, I can be the biggest at anything, or I can be the one guy in the world that has something that nobody else has, mm-hmm. or I can. But I I just believe that, right. and I believe it hardly. I, I, I believe it in a very hard way. Like in and the fact that uh, sometimes when I come out and I make certain statements, it's like it's so unbelievable to somebody who who barely even thinks like I'm even gonna get famous, let alone get famous and be the most yeah biggest person for this talent when there's so many people doing this this whatever it is that you're doing yeah. People, some people don't even believe that they could even be famous in the first place or even be relevant in the first place. A lot of people don't believe that they can be successful at whatever it is they're doing. And they're, some people are great. Great. And society has a fantastic way because we all, in order for society to kind of progress, we all have to sort of fit in these cogs. And so people need you to believe uh, in how ordinary you are. Mm. In order, in order to get you to do things that are mundane, that they need you to do so that they can go on vacation and that they can do all that, they need you to believe how ordinary you are. And so when someone steps into a room and goes, yo, this shit ain't for me, I'm going to be something different than this, mm. everybody else who's accepted that, they look at that person and they go, you're wrong. Exactly. Yeah. You ever seen, um, I forgot what the movie was. But it was basically a movie where everything was black and white. Mm-hmm. And Pleasantville. Pleasantville, I think it was. And yeah, everything, everything was, was black, black and white. And, and then one when people family started to was feel, color. They started turning into color. Exactly. Yeah. And then and, and this one family was so chastised because they were in color. Mm-hmm. And everyone looked at them like, yo. Oh, what are you? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. You know what I mean? And the thing about it is, is like, I look at life like that. It's like, I, I, I just happen to find a way to live my life in color. That's the name of the podcast. Living in Color with Tory Lanez. So that started for you early. That's always been. Yeah. You like how how did that at what point did it start to work for you? I asked every rapper, every rapper, every musical performer. At one point, did you say, yo, this shit is working? This as like, far I, as like people knowing me and stuff. I just was like it, like I because I try to make beats on GarageBand. Shit does not pan out. It didn't pan you know, out for it, me either. You know, like, like shit, like I've tried <laughs> over and over again. I listen to different beats. I, I've downloaded stuff. It's just not where I, I don't have it. At one point, mm-hmm. did you realize, yo, I got something? Um, I think, well, really the thing about it is when, when my mom died, I, my mom died when I was 11 years old. Mm-hmm. And when she died, that kind of gave me a way to express myself. And for some reason, I didn't, I didn't know I even had any talent towards that area. It just mm-hmm. like I went in one day and writing in my notebook and I was I was actually really upset at my cousin. He, was, he beat me in a Madden game mm. and I was young. So, you know, that shit meant the bro. world to me and he was talking Jesus. mad shit. So, you know, I went- Me and my brother still fight over shit like that. But it's bro. serious, yeah. bro. Like, yeah. so, you know, I'm, I'm writing, 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 just cursing him out on his paper. Mm-hmm. And something, I don't know what it is, caused me to say like, let me try to make this a song. Mm-hmm. And I was able to rhyme and I'm one of those people like, in life, I don't know why, like I've I've been like this, but if I sucked at something, I always been like, nah. I always had a thing in my mind, like, yo, I can go back and be great at that mm-hmm. if I would just put my. If time I just in apply it. myself, but I don't I apply myself. So right, right. right. you know what I'm saying? Like right. that if was I just, always, if I like yo, if I just, if I just really was myself, like, yo, I yeah. really want to do this. I know I could be the best at it. Right, and I've always felt like that towards everything in life. Like, if there's a certain girl. And she thinks I'm ugly. It doesn't matter if I say the right things to her, mm-hmm. and I make her feel a certain way when she's around me. Mm-hmm. You know, she's no matter what's going on, I can I can get any girl that right. I feel like is 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 accessible in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, and my thing is is like because of that way of thinking, I think it's it's led over into my music. Like now that I've applied myself to this, and it's like me saying, 
all these years that if I applied myself, I'd be the best at it. It's like now that I've applied myself to something, I, I do feel like yeah. I can be the best. And when I look around and I look at my other peers and I look at, you know, talent wise on like what they can do and what I can do. Not to say I bring anybody down because everybody's talent is a blessing. Yeah. But there's certain things that I've realized that I'm 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 really like over overly talented on certain yeah. parts where I'm where it's like most people either have one or the other. Right. But you have a multitude of a gifts. Multitude of gifts. Yeah. Do you feel like you are the most talented guy in your peer group? I do. Hmm. I do. I genuinely do. And I don't mean to say that like everybody's less talented than me. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody has certain streaks of things that they do, but I just don't know if there's anybody that can write uh, at the level that I do, sing at the level that I do, rap at the level that I do, and perform live at the level that I do. Mm. I don't think that if you were to really sit there and and put the stats there, it's only the, the, like the only person that can come close mm -hmm. to like a similarity as far as like how we are mm -hmm. and how our careers are and then the level of talent that's there. Mm -hmm. Of course, it's Drake. Drake, you feel me? Yeah, because that's the name that jumps into everybody's mind. You know what I'm saying? Like, like yeah, like that's the only person that you know what I'm saying. And I'm cool with that. That's the doggy from Toronto. Like you know what I'm saying? We don't have no differences. I'm cool with that. Yeah, that's fine. You was just but, with him, right? I saw. Yeah, I was just with him for his mm -hmm. birthday. Yeah. Shout shout the boy, but. I I I look at it like you know when I see things like that and I and I look at it like from my standpoint of like every and Drake's still like he's still like at the end of the day that's my I gotta look at him like that's the OG he's still an older homie mm -hmm. you get what I'm saying but for people that are like in my actual age group so yeah it's like well I I am new Drake to you niggas right because there's gonna come a time where if Drake says yo my nigga I'm I'm not doing this mm -hmm. no more. The only nigga y'all niggas got left is me. <laughs> Be honest, like yo, right. like imagine you just like yo, you know what, man? You busted a Jay Z. I'm retiring from rap. Right. I'm gonna go act. No. I'm gonna go do something else. I'm yeah. rich. Yeah. Peace. Right. Who else the niggas really have? Mm. Who else does the world really have? Don't get me wrong. There's a multitude of incredible sure. music out there. Mm -hmm. But for somebody to be that person to fill that void or to or even to be in that that category list. It's only two of us that you have to listen to right now that, mm -hmm. that can rap at that level and can sing at this level. Mm -hmm. And then you can go to live and see, and it's like, wow, it's the same thing. Right. You know? What When you say one day you're going to be the biggest artist in the world, what do you feel like has to happen for that to happen? Um, do you I, think about that? Do you think about what's going to put me into the Michael Jackson stratosphere? I just believe that at some point I'm going to do something and I don't know what it's called for me to do yet, but I'm going to either create something or make something or I'm going to be a part of something that is is such a, a, a life changer, but not in a musical way. Mm. I really feel like I'm called here to, to help with something mm -hmm. and what it is that I'm going to help with is going gonna, is gonna to cause the world not to just pay attention to my music, but to pay attention to me as a person. Mm -hmm. And when they do pay attention to me as a person, then it's all gonna click. I do feel like, you know, there's certain echelons I will meet before mm -hmm. I get to that point. And those echelons will be huge. You know, right. those those parts of, of whatever it is that I need to get to, those, those goals will be huge as well. Mm -hmm. But I feel like there's a bigger purpose that I know that I'm actually here for. And slowly but surely, the little tiny pieces and the little tiny um, holes that I dig to plant, mm -hmm. uh, uh, potential things in those will grow into things that eventually the world will try to pick off my tree and say yo I'm, I'm happy that I can stand under this tree and pick this knowledge or whatever it is Word. that I've given them yeah. you know hey, you writing bars right now nigga damn <laughs> um, tell me about Canada like I'm gonna be honest with you you know Thunder Bay Ontario do you know where that is yes Okay, so I was Isn't up, that where jail is? Like or like the jails? No, I'm not I was there. I was there when I was a kid. We went to uh Thunder Bay. You guys, I'm gonna tell you guys a sweet story from my youth. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, man. Listen, 
Tory rolled in here today and he had some people with him. Tory has the biggest, scariest nigga I ever seen before. I'm from <laughs> like, like, yo, I, I, I'm from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I didn't seen. I'm from. Shout out to Boosie and all the niggas we grew up with. It's a dude that could savage the block in here. This the homie not fucking around. Shout yeah. out, shout out, Big Zaire in the building. Big Zaire, look, big, Big Zaire. All right, God damn it. Uh, <laughs> so I'm trying to answer questions over here. Um, ask him, like, but uh, yeah. So I was in Thunder Bay, Ontario. In like 1990, um, I spent some time up there, and that was my first experience with Canada. And if you would have told me, based upon my experiences with Canada, that Canada one day would have a thriving hip hop scene, there's no fucking way I would have thought that. Now, shout out to mm. all the people that came before you, because there's been a lot of guys out of Canada that, that have got it popping. But tell me about number one. What it was like growing up there, you've been all around America now, like what the differences are, and why do you think between you, Drake, Weekend, hell, even Justin, and even more people coming out of there, mm. that um that the North is becoming such a musical hub? Like what is it about Canada? To be honest with you, bro, I, I think that what what it is is it's the culture of Canada, not necessarily the whole Canada, but Toronto, Toronto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. is a melting Toronto pot. Toronto specifically, yeah. Right. Is a melting pot of culture. Mm -hmm. That means like there's Asians, there's uh, people from the Arab Emirates, there's mm -hmm. uh, guy, very Caribbean influence. It's, mm -hmm. uh, there's Spanish people there. There's all kinds of people in this one pot and we all are taught to grow up with each other. So the, all those cultures, I think they just mix and musically... And sonically, the things that we grew up hearing, I think, were 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 were, were not just um, succumbed to just being in one city. Like right. you know how a city has a sound. A city has a sound. L.A. has a sound. L.A. has a sound. New York Chicago has a sound. Got a sound. Miami, Miami has a, a sound. sound. New Orleans, Baton Rouge got a got sound. A sound. And, and, and for years, and for yeah. years, we've always been behind the wave. Like, yo, what is the sound? Like, what are you guys doing? So we could find a way to try to make music like but we never sounded like everybody mm -hmm. else our accents were different things were things were different yeah. about how we talked and sounded and and when we try to do the american thing a lot of the times it didn't sound good right like when you're somebody who talks like yo and a man out here family you're trying to <laughs> and you're trying to talk american it's yeah. like yo it doesn't it doesn't you know what i'm saying it does, the words don't they don't flow the same way yeah so I think what happened was it came to a point where, you know, we had guys like Drake and we had guys like me and guys like The Weeknd who yeah. came out at an earlier point. Like, cause, you know, before this, I had already been out in my city. Sure. So yeah. for a while, we, you got you got popping around what? Like 2011. 2011. So this is years, yeah, years and like years and years ago. ago yeah. You know what I'm saying? So when I, and that was like for my city, that was like one of the biggest things because we're still Canadian. So I was the second person out of Toronto to get signed before Weekend, before Party Next Door. It was Drake and then it was me. Mm. You get what I'm saying, and yeah. then it was like that. Those were the people that you raved about in the city, and right. I was like, "Oh shit!" Like yeah. these two niggas got it. Right. So for me, it was one of those situations where I've always been um, somebody that just felt like, "All right, uh, if I'm putting out music and I'm and I'm, you know, I'm I'm a face just as well as anybody else." Right. Pretty much, you know what I'm saying. And I just lost my fucking train of thought. Um, we, were, we were talking about. Uh, what like why toronto is, oh yeah 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 um and because of that like stuff like that i think when we finally came to a forefront of like this is what the music is we were already kind of coming to a place as far as the artists that were coming out of the city Word. i see we were coming to a place where it's like oh we're, we're kind of molding this into something mm -hmm. the sound that we have or this you know what i'm saying and everyone's kind of taking away from everybody in a little small way mm -hmm. and it's turning into something else and then that sound became what was ours and then like from there with all the different cultures of people everyone's putting their splice on it mm -hmm. but like i said this is a cultural place right so you could have you, your favorite artist could be tory lanes or be drake or weekend and you could want to make your music like that but you also come from uh, a background of, of punjabis and yeah yeah and yeah, yeah. And you have that differentness to your music because that's just your family that's the culture you've been growing up around Right. How much do you feel like Drake's success had to do with yours? Do you feel like there would be a Tory Lanez right now if Drake hadn't popped? Yeah, yeah regardless. I mean, like, I've, I really, I've always felt how I felt mm -hmm. regardless. You know what I'm saying? I think that he's helped pave the way regardless because, nigga, we're all from Toronto. All from Toronto. We're all from Toronto. And you came out, and at the end of the day, you had to wear it. 
you had to wear it when when it was hard to wear. Yeah. It wasn't easy to wear when he was wearing it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But the fact that he wore it made it cool and made it okay because everyone was like, when you came out and you were from Toronto, like, oh, you from the same city where? Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So East, he had to he had to put it on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So at the end of the day, like, of course, any artist who come out the city has to forever be thankful for that factor. Mm-hmm. But I'm just somebody I feel like regardless musically, I wanted to do this and I know I was called to do this. So, so I wouldn't it, say like if it wasn't you, then so I if it wasn't for him, you would have still you might have. I right, still did sure, what I had to course. do. You know, I feel yeah. like I was called. And it's deeper than just like me and you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying on some shit. Like it's just like. I'm I was I'm called to do this just like he's called to do this. It's mm-hmm. like if there wasn't I'm sure if there wasn't somebody that he looked up to a Jay Z or whatever the cases are right maybe somebody that he looks up to he's not gonna be like it wouldn't have been a Drake right yeah yeah, like, yeah it still would have been a Drake you know maybe I wouldn't have had the same influences but yeah I got you, know? you now tell me about Canada itself or Toronto itself because one thing that made it hard. At least for me, when I was growing up, rap was there was there's, first of all, there's all different types of hip hop. Some hip hop is bubbly, some music is because uh, you're not just hip hop. You're you span all kinds of different genres. It's really almost you can't define it. But um, some of the music is bubbly. Some of it is is uh, is party music. But a lot of the the rap that I gravitated towards was based in struggle and kind of exposing street life and discussing mm-hmm. sort of street politics and how things went on. Like a lot of rappers I listened to in Baton Rouge, straight street music, of that course. type of hardcore of course. Type, of, type of shit. And one thing that might hold people back from embracing the artists from Canada is it don't seem like nothing goes wrong there. Like bro, every time bro, we, we have, hear Canadians bro, talk, it talks like I don't we don't know have about, a gun problem, we don't, don't have know, a this problem, we don't have a that problem. You gotta remember, Canada is a very big place. So when people say Canada, you're talking about the whole of Canada. In a, in a majority list of Canada, no, the whole Canada is not going crazy. Right. But we're talking about the inner cities and we're talking about places like Toronto. Like right now, this year, we have more murders than New York. Really? Yes, bro. Like it's going, my city is going nuts right now. It's, right. Which is, it's we're like, not saying that that's something to be proud no, of. We're just saying, pr- it's not proud. Right. It's just, it's, it's crazy. It's a misconception it's that. It's crazy to think, to see that people believe that there's nothing going on there when it's like, bro, like, bro, my friend just died last week. He just got killed Sorry last week. That, like, you feel yeah. me? Like, I was supposed to be at his funeral and I had to be doing this album rollout. Like, this shit is serious, bro. Like, yeah. you feel me? And it's getting worse. Right. So it's like the fact that, I, it, 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 to me personally, I'd rather people look at our city and be like, yo, it's not like that. I, that's fine. You know, I don't mm-hmm. want you to ever be like, that's a bad city. I don't want to go there. No, but it's like, let's not be abdicant to... To, to what's going on in life, my nigga. It's yeah. real shit going on, and people are dying. Yeah. Kids are catching straight bullets. It's not nice out there. Right. Did you, you know? see that type of same that same type of violence when you were growing up? Of course. It's like you you we we would be in certain places, and then you hear certain stories about even growing up, just about like kids our own age, just just either catching strays or being in the wrong place at the wrong time and then mm-hmm. something crazy had happened to them or you know what I'm saying it was always those little and it was always people in our peer groups when we were like 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 years old yeah. you're hearing stories about your friend and your friend's not here no more and don't get me wrong I'm sure that that's a problem in a lot of poverty places and places of ghettos wherever they are yeah. but at the same time I just think that every place in the world has its places sure. you know every place ha- in the world has a downtown where, where people are broke and people don't have as much as the other people living in middle class and upper class mm-hmm. you know yeah. it's, 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 it's crazy just because you know we culturally I mean you're from a different country right Yeah. but culturally like you know we're, 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 we're the same we're the same, and it just seems like it took people a while to sort of gravitate uh, towards that. Now that that's done, now that you know, being from, because really, to be honest with you, I'm looking around NBA rosters. Do you realize how many of these niggas coming from Canada now? A lot of them. Yeah, people. Like y'all be playing basketball up there? Is that what y'all? Yeah, it didn't wasn't like uh, I'm not sound stupid. I'm nah, not you wasn't saying. Say what are you gonna say? Wasn't basketball invented in Canada? Wrong. 
That's what y'all always try to say. Y'all say it was Massachusetts or something like that? No, 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 wrong. It was invented by a Canadian. See, that's what it is. It was invented by a Canadian in America. See this fucking Canadian propaganda? But it was invented by a Canadian. Basketball was invented by a Canadian in America. I want y'all to know that. I'm saying, nah, ain't no, see what Tory Lane's trying to do? You know what? All we doing is doing what we did back in the day. It's like something came from Canada and we're just infiltrating it in America. First of all, let's talk about basketball for a second right now. How come when y'all niggas go on tour, y'all don't bring no hoop clothes with y'all? Like, it, it, it's, it's like, I watch y'all, y'all playing basketball. Because we're not used to walking around in shorts all day. Like, I'm just you saying, know what I'm saying? Like, y'all, like, y'all like, the like I go person. to Miami and everybody has a pair of shorts. And like, it's like, yo, what are you guys every, doing with all these shorts? I watch these basketball videos. <laughs> I love watching these basketball videos. Y'all playing against each other on tour. The only nigga that consistently has hoop gear is Quavo. Quavo comes out there in the Nike Pro yeah, Combat Quavo definitely. tights <laughs> with, the, with the jersey. Definitely and ready on to play basketball. Ready, El Top, y'all out there in Balenciagas and like, and <laughs> y'all hooping. How come y'all, y'all play so much ball? Shout out to Meek and all, and, um, and all of those niggas <laughs> out there. We, we, we around here broke. I'm, I'm like, listen, if I had a Versace shirt, not only would I not play basketball in it, I will put that bitch in a fucking safe. And look at Meek and Tory Lanez out here sweating up these goddamn clothes. How nah, come you, nah, you know nah. you like to hoop? How come you don't bring no hoop clothes with you when you out there? Nah, because you know the thing about it is, like, especially as an artist, like when the, the, the opportunity of hooping always comes very randomly. It's like <laughs> never comes like on a schedule, like, all right, yo, tomorrow at 6 p.m., brothers, we going out there. Like the fellas, ah, uh, it's not one of those. It's like right. you you're in the studio, it's like, hey, there's a basketball court outside. Come get it right now, $10,000. Get $10,000. Let me tell you something. $10,000 is probably the right bet. And I bet you it's a nigga with cash somewhere in a bag, ten, fifty, a dollars $100,000. How about you have a dedicated hoop shorts nigga? Like, you know what I'm saying? Dedicated hoop shorts nigga. Like, you he has them on deck at all times. Hey, hey, yo, uh, Lil Benny, go get the Nikes, bro. It's time to play. Problem solved, man. This is true. This yeah. is true. But we, I don't think we hoop enough to need that guy. It's like paying that guy for no reason. Yeah. It's a waste of money. Right. But the guy that holds the cash, do you have a guy like that? A guy who holds all your cash yeah, one bag? Yeah, for sure. When did this become a thing? This has been going on nah, for that's, years. And he, that started when I started doing like features and like certain things that were like, you know, uh, just cash transactions. Like, yeah. you feel me? And then it comes to a place where it's like sometimes you're moving around fast and, and it's you like, need it. or you're just, you might go in the booth, you don't want to leave your bag of money. <laughs> Sitting on the couch with a bunch of right. who knows is in there type people. Like, Ain't you know what I'm saying? Like, Look at this nigga. Ain't nobody touching that fucking back. Ain't nobody looks, this nigga seven feet tall, 420 pounds of muscle. Ain't nobody touching that fucking back. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Um, uh, but because at TMZ, <laughs> <laughs> at TMZ, we get at TMZ, we get rappers, and I, and I like and I get it, but I want you to do something because this there's a diverse audience to this podcast. Explain what the purpose is. Of the cash itself, because on TMZ, whenever they see y'all with the money, all the the people in the audience. By the way, if you want to go out there and fuck some of my coworkers, you can. Because when I said Tory Lanez was coming in, it was a big situation. <laughs> so, y'all ladies, y'all told me to put y'all on. I said it. He said no. He watches the show. But I ain't um, no. <laughs> but uh, but for people who don't understand, what's with the cash? Like, what's with the cash? And like, I'm just asking you, okay. I haven't had anybody of your, of your level on here um, yet. Shout out to Cap G, Cap G is on the same level, but like, what, what, um, what's, what's with it? Like, why why do you like to deal in such? I'm not one of those people who just carry, like, don't get me wrong, like, I don't just carry a bunch of cash, mm -hmm. but I am somebody who, I'm a worker. I work all the time. Like, mm -hmm. no matter what's going on, I'm working, and sometimes, you know, you meet certain people in life that just don't, they don't move with banks. They don't move in... No banks. Yeah, you know, like they don't, they just don't move like that. Some mm -hmm. people just like to do their transactions in cash and it is what it is. But when, you know, you go somewhere, you got to remember, brother, like you go somewhere and you're, let's say you're popping and you, you sing hooks and you, people know that they can get you on a hook and they can make an incredible song. Especially somebody like me, where it's like, yo, I know if I spend my money with this guy to get a hook, yeah, is it we going off? I'm gonna have an incredible song. Yeah, you get what I'm saying. So people come through forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars, and they paying in you in cash, that. right? And you ain't, yeah. you ain't not like, let me real put this in the bank. You like, let's put it in the bag. No, no, don't get me wrong. I, I, I fly everything to my account. And it's just that my bank isn't. Yeah, I have.
one of those type of situations. Oh, so, okay. Got you. Yo, bleep that out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Hey, in case the hackers out. get close. We're going to leave the bleep. Yeah, but cut yeah. it out. We don't want yeah, people to know the, gonna leave the bleep. where Tory Lane's <laughs> bank sex. But you know what I'm saying? You know how many chicks will be showing up there when you're trying to make deposits? I'm trying to say like it. You get crazy. <laughs> but, uh, uh, all right, Tori, hold up uh, real quick. I got, we got to pay some bills. And it's weird that I'm talking to you because you're not really here because we're uh, filming this after you've long been gone. Um, so, but you know, I'm gonna pretend like you're right there because we gotta do this ad. Uh, yeah, so in order to support our show, we'll need the help of some great advertisers. And in order to find great advertisers, we'll need to learn a little bit more about you. So please go to podsurvey.com backslash pill and take a quick anonymous survey that will help us get to know you a little better. That way, we can show advertisers just how great our listeners are. Plus, once you've completed the survey, you can choose to enter for a chance to win a $100 Amazon gift card. Terms and conditions apply. That's podsurvey.com slash P-I-L-L. That's podsurvey.com slash P-I-L-L. Thanks for your help. Go do that. So we we you know we get some ads running on the red pill. We have we have a lot of ads, but you know we can always do more. And we need to know what you guys want. You know what I mean? Because we're not trying to run like crazy ads. You know we want we want you guys to to kind of you know tailor it for our listeners. We love you guys. Uh, now oh Tory Lanes, get back to Tory Lanes. We'll talk more about the the bags of cash and stuff like that. Tory Lanes, would you like to talk? Uh, maybe get us back into the ad. Oh, you can't because you're not really here. All right, yeah. So get so let, let's let's. Let's get back into Tory Lanez, man. <laughs> Peace. You know, you. I, I always bring my money to there, and I bring it to an accountant. Mm -hmm. The only thing is, some, and especially as a rapper, sometimes you go places, and because of who they believe you are, mm. you have to have money on the spot. Oh, okay. It sounds weird. Not to say that you got to do it because you're a rapper, but, like, for me personally, this is my reasons. Like, mm -hmm. for instance, I'm, I'm going somewhere, and it's like, I don't. I have this fear of like being somewhere and I'm supposed to pay something, and I've not even not even because I'm a rapper, but mm -hmm. I've always had this fear of like being somewhere and I'm supposed to pay something, and then like everyone's around and then I go in my pocket and I forget my money or I don't have my money on yeah. me. Yeah, and, and then, then like yo, people gonna be like, "Yo, Tory Lanez fucking struggling or some shit like that," or just like, "Yo, like why wouldn't he have somebody who had the money or why would like mm -hmm. I just I, I don't know I think in a very weird no way. that's real I mean to be honest with you, you know, like I've always been embarrassed by like when I have my card and then like sometimes it doesn't work and it's like I know I have money in here. But it's like some issue with the bank is going on and my shit's declining. I don't know. It always made me feel bruh, weird. Like, bro, that's what you're saying right now is know? one of the most relatable things. Look at J Rock Just over there, and so J Rock broke for real. <laughs> like, 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 look, 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 look at J Rock over there. Like, like, I I'm on TV every day, right? So people think I'm rich. That's what I'm saying. Not true. But at, like, I'll go, like, <laughs> like, I'll go to the, I'll go to like, I'll go to like buy some shit. And if I didn't like been fucking around doing too much shit, Bank of America will go fraud alert. But exactly. I don't get it all the time. So I'm at Nordstrom's Rack trying to buy last year's fucking uh, 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 polo shoes. And they, I, I'm scanning the shit and it's like declined. And the people looking at me like, God damn, TMZ must not be all what it's cracked up to be. But so I, I completely, yeah. so I, you know, but so, I, but for, and for you, Somebody who people know you make a lot of money. They, it must be the same thing. It's weird. Speaking of that, though, what do you like financially? You're coming into so much money and you're coming into it fast. Uh, and we see these stories of, of guys. In I your invested position. in my properties already. You don't. You, you, you got the long term yeah, thing. Yeah, I'm, in, I'm very like one thing about me. And I don't. <laughs> that's the thing about me and a lot of rap niggas. I don't care. I promise you. In 10 years, I don't know where you're going to be standing, but I know where I'm going to be standing. I'm not going to be in a situation that's not where I'm the at. Tory Lanez is not going broke. I just, I just, well, I'll never say that because you never know what could happen. Right. You exactly. can get sued for everything. <laughs> right, so you right, just right. don't know what could right, happen right, to you. Right, you know right, what I'm right. saying? And I've, I've had humbling <clears throat> experiences where I've had a lot of money and then I've been broke, mm -hmm. flat well, broke. Have, yeah. yeah. You know, so at the end of the day, I'll never say never. But uh, even at those times, like I wasn't smart enough to go. Put your money into things that are going to bring you back money and going to work for you besides what you have going on over here. Mm -hmm. You know, and once I learned that factor of if I put money into the moving pieces over here, they're going to actually move. Mm -hmm. And if they move 
and they move to make money, I don't have to be over here to make money. I just got to find somebody to micromanage these little tiny things, which is not hard because right. I make enough money to do this. Sure. Have somebody micromanage these things, curate these businesses and make them great. Mm -hmm. Curate whatever properties I'm buying, renovate them, make them great. So by the time it's resell time or by the time it's the time to sell the company or whatever it is or whatever it is that I'm working on, mm -hmm. it's great. And I didn't have to do too much. It's just working money on the side. Mm. How like First of all, what made you... Because it doesn't seem like a lot of guys, and it's not just in, not just in music or in sports, just people. Period. Uh, the gram and all of these stuff like that makes people want to show off so much of, of of what's going on. What made you think about the long game when it seems like so many kids aren't thinking about it? I'm not gonna sit here and be like I don't stun on the gram. I mean, you like I, I know that you I still on the gram. like. Yeah. I still like the fruits of my labor. I like to show and say mm -hmm. oh, I, I I did this, guys. Like you know what I'm saying. Yeah. But at the same time. For me, it's like I've always I um, shout out to my brother Jay. Jay is Jay is like a dude who we've always had this thing where we always been like, don't have war stories. Mm -hmm. Don't at the end of this all, don't just have the war stories. Like yo, I remember when mm -hmm. I was on the block with eighty five green and the bubble and we, <laughs> tried, we just threw it out the window because it was like you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Like don't end up with the war stories. Like have something to prove. People mm -hmm. have million dollar talents and don't have a million dollars mm -hmm. people have you know don't don't have uh uh don't be more don't be worth a lot of money and then not worth a lot of money if yeah, that yeah, makes yeah, sense yeah, you know yeah, what i'm saying you, yeah like take take what you have and then create it into other things because i've always been a person where i've always been an entrepreneur since i was a kid since mm -hmm. i was in fourth grade i sold candy bars at school I washed cars, I mowed lawns. Mm -hmm. That's what I did, and I made money no matter what it was. Right. So I've always had an entrepreneur mindset on things like, now that I've been given a platform where I can be the best that I could be, it's like, I'm gonna run with this right, right. now. Same, like, same mind, same I model, yeah. Gotta go with this like now, the same way I did lawn mowing and, and selling candy bars and all of this stuff when I was a kid is the same model that I take with it now. Like I want to, I want my foot in every kind of thing I can have it in. I'm mm -hmm. creating a security company just so I could, so all the artists in the game when they see big motherfuckers like how you just said, you yeah. just gave my security company the most biggest shout out. Thank you, I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, no problem. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like you know what I'm saying? When you see people like that, you're saying mm -hmm. it like, yo, Tory Lane's got the biggest, craziest. I want it to feel like that. So anytime an artist or a star, or somebody at a high class level is like, mm -hmm. yo. I need a. That's that's a business that will never run out. Protection is forever. Yeah, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. And my thing is, is like little tiny things like that. Like for instance, um, I opened up a, a, a ice cream shop, right? Called Notorious Creamery, <laughs> and uh, it opens up in November. Word. And it, first location is gonna be in Fort Lauderdale. Mm -hmm. Nobody expects me to have a fucking ice cream shop. Why yeah, yeah, the yeah. fuck do you have an ice cream shop, Tori? Right. Because it's a little business that I plan on making become big, like Cold Stone or one sure, of those things. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And when it's time, you know, we sell the company for millions and millions of dollars. Right. And you keep going, you keep fucking going, you keep going. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm on. Word. You know? The long game. So, being that, like, you're not from America, you're not from this country, how much are you invested into American cultural issues? Meaning, like, when you see the political climate here or when you see you know, the racism or some of the things that we're fighting against as black people because we black people the same place. Definitely. You're not from here, but we're brothers. Yeah. So what do you what what do you think about I mean, what's I going think, on? Uh, bro, I think racism is racism. Does anyway. it exist in Canada? Because a lot it of people exists think, everywhere. Right. Well I mean I know that racism exists in like, Canada. Let me not sound ignorant, but is it do you find differences between it, the racism it, there I and the say racism? Here? One thing. The fact that we are kind of raised in a weird way to you know uh be such a multicultural place mm -hmm. it's it's i don't think it's as crazy as certain places like maybe a alabama or a yeah. whatever these places are or louisiana where or, I'm from. or louisiana you yeah. know but it is it is something where regardless like you know sometimes you know you walk in certain places and at the end of the day they gonna look at you yeah, they don't know. You know, you. Yeah, 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 someone's yeah. going to look at you and we're going to look at them. Right. And at the end of the day, in that moment, whatever is, uh, you know, foreseen from both of us is how we're going to look at it. Yeah. But the thing about it is, it's sometimes, sometimes I, I, I wonder one thing, though, too. Sometimes I wonder if in certain cases, and not in all cases, racism is very, uh, very real. Mm -hmm. But in certain cases, if 
us as black people, if we've been so oppressed by so many things that sometimes we take racism when it's not actually being racist, it's just like, yo, you're really doing something wrong, brother. Like, mm -hmm. you're really actually not conducting yourself properly in right. certain cases. You mean like us personally, the person that's, yeah. In the moment, whatever. Yeah. It's like, for instance, let's say uh, I came in here, mm -hmm. right? And um, and I came in here and I came in here with 50 of my friends and they were all out here and they were smoking weed and rolling up in the background. Mm -hmm. And let's just say you were a, a white uh, interviewer, podcast, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, yo, man, um, like, yo, your friends can't be here, bro, smoking weed and shit. Like, mm -hmm. and they walk off and they're like, yeah, that white guy was hating on us because we were black. But I bet you if we was a bunch of white kids rolling mm -hmm. up this weed behind him, he wouldn't have said nothing. But in mm -hmm. all reality, it's like, it doesn't matter what color you guys are. Like, there's a camera going on. This is probably a show where it's at the end of the day, like, mm -hmm. that content is not supposed to be in here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just not, that's not what it's supposed to look like. But then sometimes we'll take that moment and be like, yo, it's racism. Mm hmm. But I just think that sometimes some things in life, you kind of got to go off of what is, what what's actually going on? Like, what am I doing? Was I actually doing something wrong? Right. And if I actually was, then I still got to look at my end of the bargain too and realize like, okay, I can't blame it all on racism or mm -hmm. something like that. Mm -hmm. What you just said is the most frustrating part of it. What you just said is the most frustrating part of it because there are so many times to where like you, you never know, right? Mm -hmm. And so you can't legislate feelings in that way. Mm. Like we've all walked into a room and it's felt off and trying to understand in your brain whether it is off or whether or not you feel like it's off, no matter what it is that you're doing, uh, it's tough. Like when you see guys get kicked off planes and they go, yo, they kicked me off the plane cause I was black yeah. and you're like, Fam, you also was trying to get up while the plane was was taxiing and they yeah, tell you yeah. don't do that and stuff yeah. like that. But then at the same time, you you don't know, had he been white, what they might have let him use the bathroom. You know what I'm saying? True, and so true, and so true, it's true, like true, true, true. you that that part of it right there is the part that we yeah. as a culture gotta be solid on. When someone says, yo, this is racist. We gotta like you pause. gotta know that we gotta pause and we gotta be like, like, yo, was it racist? Let's talk to him. But, but and the reason why we have to do that is because we want to be taken seriously when we talk about these issues, right? Of course. But those are conversations that we have with each other. Of course. Like if you hit me up, like if something happens and you feel like, yo, Van, we was here with I'm, I'm gonna be like, okay, all right, Tori, well, let's talk, bro. What happened? Did this go down? Blah, 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 blah. But we got to get to the bottom of it before I step out there and be like, yo, they fucked over my nigga Tory Lanez in Tallahassee. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, 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 but, that, where. But, but that's true. But I also feel like that comes with cultural maturity as far but as, you know. And that's what I was saying. And, and we growing up of, as a culture <clears throat> and we, we taking responsibility for our own and stuff. You got to remember, bro. And I'm going to say this. And, and it wasn't until I started hanging out with white people till I understood white humor and I understood certain thing. I know that sounds crazy, but it's true. Mm -hmm. Like I I I've always had white friends growing up. I've always been a multicultural dude. I've mm -hmm. never looked at nobody like in any kind of way. But I still have been raised around niggas. Mm -hmm. So at the end of the day, we've always had our kinds of ways of looking at things and doing things and moving. With when I met my manager, Sasha and I started living with my manager at the mm -hmm. time. <clears throat> He had a bunch of white friends and people who made jokes that I didn't really understand and certain things I just never got. I never understood till chilling and understanding the humor and like why this is actually funny to you and like why that joke is like whatever the case is. Learning certain things made me realize like, oh, sometimes y'all upbringing is just different. Yeah. My upbringing is different from your, your, your upbringing is different from mine. But I've realized like when you have a cultural maturity and you look at the, you look at things like I walked in certain rooms and felt like you said like I felt like damn this is awkward mm -hmm. and then been like what's up niggas or some shit said some crazy shit and broke the whole thing Maddie knows like, you get I, what I'm like, saying I, like, and then I, like I, everyone's I, just I, laughing like oh my, okay he's regular sometimes they think that sometimes I think that it, it also is a thing where because of you gotta remember, as black people, we're very strong-minded, strong, -minded, strong mm -hmm. opinionated people. Mm -hmm. We're very, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Let alone the fact, we're, we're that if we're not famous. We're that just regardless. Yeah. But let alone let me be famous, you don't know what's gonna come out the yeah. cat in the hat. You right, know what I'm saying? Yeah, you don't yeah, know yeah. what's gonna come out the hat. Sometimes I think we get into certain rooms where it's like people look at us and are like, 
what is this person going to do when they first do? walk in the room? Sometimes they're intimidated when you walk in the room. Yeah, and we may take it like, yo, this nigga don't even want to talk to me. But sometimes it's just like, man, maybe he just doesn't want to talk to me. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the only place that I, that I say what I was saying. It's just like, we have to now, as some sort of place, and not even just black people, white people mm-hmm. too. Like, everybody has to kind of come to a point of understanding like, yo, in in, in, in retrospect, what would, what did I do? What was what was the action? What was the reaction? And why did it actually happen? Right. And if you legislate it and it's racist, then it's racist. Then it's but it, racist. Right, right. Like, you know what I'm saying? saying? Let me ask you this, because this happened to Kendrick. Kendrick was at a show. He was doing Mass City. He invited somebody on the stage, and the white girl said the N-word. Did you, did you see that? Yeah, I did. You use the N-word in your music. What do you think about fans using it? I mean, this is the thing, brother. Like, if I called you on the stage and I knew damn well that nigga was in my song, like, I can't really get, like, as much as I want to get mad at you, it's like, bro, I kind of set myself up for that, bro. Like, what are you supposed to do? Like, not sing the line? Like, don't get me wrong. Right. I get it. Right. But it's like, mm-hmm. I brought you up here, bro. Like, right. I, I brought you up here with all the niggas in my song. Yeah. Like, I, I can't expect you to have the rap talent to know how to skip over the line and da da da. Like, see, because that's a that's a that's a uh, that's an argument we have in the room. See, Maddie here. You see, Maddie right there. Maddie like says the n word to me like fifteen times every morning. Like, 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 like. No, 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 no. Maddie Don't get on the mic. Maddie be saying the n word. Maddie, <laughs> Maddie, like, Maddie be coming mic. over here, lies, and lies. the only reason, like, Maddie be saying the n word. Maddie, like, <laughs> he's killing right, Maddie like, right no, now. Maddie, <laughs> Maddie, and I, I be like, yo, Maddie, chill, bro. You know what I'm saying? It's like, and the, he says it, but no, we, we, <laughs> we, we have, we have this, uh, no, but we have this thing in the in in the newsroom to where, you know. Someone always fucks up and says says nigga. Someone always yeah. fucks. Up. I mean, they've been doing it for a long time, yeah. and because rap music, hip hop music, is a reflection of the way that we talk, and we use the word. Obviously, the word is gonna be in there. Exactly. We don't want them to say it in society, but you feel like but it's a little it's tricky. It's kind of weird because it's like you don't want. You get mad when a white person says nigga. But you love when a white person buys your album and knows all the lyrics. I'm asking you. You're the, you're, you're the multi-platinum seller. Ra- yeah. Bro, my thing is, is like, bro, if I expressed the word nigga in whatever I was saying, I look at it like this. I express it. If I didn't say it in a way that I was saying racist know, shit, yeah. some racist shit, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong. I get it on a standpoint of having an actual conversation. You choose if you want to do that or not around the people you want to do that with. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's like if you're singing my song, dog, and I put it in there and I didn't say it in a racist manner and you happen to slip over or or say it or whatever the case is, it's like I I just I, I for some reason I can't fault that. Like yeah. you know what I'm saying? Because yeah, yeah. it's like as much as, you know, this is a, a thing or whatever the case is, it's like I made these lyrics, bro, for yeah. everybody to listen to and sing back. Like So you think if rappers want it People not to say it. If rappers, it if rappers wanted it to stop being such a thing, then we have to now eliminate it from being even a thing because yeah. we're, we're dancing along the lines of of damn near like shit. My man, around shot. it's five, it's five white guys in the room. It's five niggas in there. Yeah, yo, yeah, it's yeah. yo, it's, yo, it's five white guys in the room. It's it's two, it's two black guys. It's it's uh, and maybe one um, uh, Spanish guy. Yeah, there's eight niggas in the room. Yeah. That, uh, yo, who's over there? Yo, it's like eight niggas in here. Yeah. But that's just the reality. You think like, we get the word? We're not sitting here and being like, yo, it's three, it's five white guys while two two niggas and... Uh, like, you think, nah. you think, you think, <laughs> we're not doing that, bro. Like, it, it's eight niggas in here, dog. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? You think we give the word too much power? I think that there's a misconception from the nigger to nigga. You think and that's is, always been that. A lot that, of people say always, always, yeah, I'm gonna be honest with you. If you white, I just I don't want to hear. The I don't word. want. I, don't, I, I, I like. I, it does. It definitely. It definitely. Because, because rub, it definitely rubs you the wrong way, regardless, because you right. don't know what, how they're meaning. How it. you mean it? You yeah. know what I'm saying? But I've also been around dudes where it's like, yo, this white boy done grew up with us since we was this age. He says nigga every day, yeah. and it comes to a point where we don't even fault him on it because he's just like us. Mm. He, this is our. This is this is our white boy. Mm-hmm. He don't care because at the end right. of the day, same way you, you're we, we, you're willing to go like this, then yeah. he's willing to go like this too. Which you, he willing to <laughs> because, fight with you because yeah. he he carries what we carry. Yeah, I think this is a generational thing too. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like I, it's I, I weird, it's it's just weird. Like you know, let's talk about the album. Yeah, for sure. Love me now. Love me now. How is love me now gonna get Tory Lanez one step closer to being the biggest artist in the world? Well, I finally started collaborating with artists. <laughs> Which I noticed when I looked on at the track project, list. Yeah. Because back in the day, 
it every song was pretty much Tory Lanez featuring yeah, Tory Lanez. <laughs> 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 it's like it's the year two thousand eight, and then and then and then and like, and then, like, like you know what I'm saying? Yeah, uh, By the way, yeah. that's my fucking shit. Thank you so much, bro. Big time, y'all. You fuck that? You like you fuck with that shit? This no, nigga said you. Christy Yamaguchi. It. Y'all don't even know who was the last time a rapper made a fucking Christy Yamaguchi reference in the mother skating on them Christy Yamaguchi. Y'all don't even know that fucking shit. Anyway, um, but so t uh, tell me how this is gonna 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 help you get take that next step. Um, yeah, like I said, like one, you know, multiple features and people, PB Rock, Chris Brown, just working with people. Like I've people have always wanted me to work with people and just like my well, fans. You just let them know. I got Bryson Tiller on there. That joint PM, gotta go. Yeah, that's, that joint's a great joint. Yeah, uh, PNB Rock, Trey Songs, Nav, A Boogie, Gunna, Lil Baby, uh, Chris Brown. Did I say that already? Two Chains. Okay. Trippy Red. It's a lot of people on there. Like you know, yeah. it's 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 a it's a it's a well, uh, just a good list. You mm -hmm. know, and I thought it was more appropriate right now because I'm allowing people to now hear hit records mm -hmm. like records that can go for radio and stuff but with your favorite artists on them Word. too you know yeah, what i'm saying yeah, yeah. so it's not like i'm just doing a bunch of fillers like mm -hmm. this is the songs that you're gonna want these are the songs you're gonna want to hear mm -hmm. these are the uh you know the the parts of 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 music that you've been waiting for tori to have like ah okay ah so mm -hmm. a chris brown just jumped in or a, a two chains just yeah. came in like oh yeah. shit like you know i didn't expect that like that's that's what I'm on right now, you know, and that's what I think is going to make the album bigger and make me bigger because you know, I feel like the music has always been there, but I've always felt like, you know, maybe I do a little bit too much competing with niggas and okay. makes, it makes people not. A little bit more collaborative now. Yeah, you man. Feel like you, like, are. you know, you got to become a more likable person just yeah. in general. But I've realized, like, I think I was not fighting with myself, but I was coming to a place in myself where it's like I wanted to be the best so quick and so bad that it's like not giving myself a, a, a time to be happy and just boxing to enjoy yourself in a little bit everything with all my peers like let yeah. me let me enjoy a session with you bro let, let me yeah. come in your studio session and come lay a hook and feel and not feel no way and like you know what i'm saying like yesterday i was in the studio bro and literally like one second trippy would come in there and then the next minute i'm walking in sway's room and then i'm i'm it's, and thug is here and then all this, it's like mm -hmm. man like you know what like this is it's better when yeah. we can all collab it's like you know, so much more music comes out that way you know when is the drake collab coming you tell me <laughs> <laughs> oh you got secrets just a couple more questions one i gotta ask you about something um how do you throw your titties out the window it's like you remember back in like, the day like, like here's the, the drivers i know like I, I was i'm listening to shooters and i'm like it's like sexy little bitch she throwing titties out the window i'm like <laughs> i must not be on because ain't no girl ever throwing her titties like i'm, I'm thinking like jesus she's taking her titties and she throwing them out the window now i'm saying like you remember back in the days like when they used to like when they used to drive past or something like moon window yeah. or some shit like right. open up the windows head out the window right and just jiggling them shits, titties, throwing them out, yeah, man. Just throwing, throwing the titties them out, out the window, man. throwing titties out the window. <laughs> That's something I didn't, I didn't really know. I was like, "Sexy little yeah, throwing titties." I was like, "Damn!" <laughs> Tory Lanez was really be popping. The chicks was throwing titties at him. It's uh, serious, man. As he drives by. All right, so there's five questions. Okay. Okay. And I call them the Furious Five. All right. All right, they're questions that you probably shouldn't answer, but I'm gonna let you pick blindly, one through five. Pick a number. I'm gonna ask you the question. It doesn't seem like it's gonna go right. It's, it, it, some of these questions, I know they shouldn't go right. Some some of the other three. questions is three. Perfect question. How many women has Tory Lane slept with in one day? Um, I have. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I've had, I, I, I'm not in, like in one day. I had an orgy one time. Okay, how many? It was like. This is the only time I've ever had it, so don't be looking at me crazy. But I had an orgy one time with five chicks. It was, Damn! It was like, uh, uh, was it Syracuse, was it? it was wait, wait why are you looking at your man? He was there. Oh! Not, not in the room. But, you know, he <laughs> was there. Like, he remembers me walking in the room with five girls like, like, yo, I'm going to make this happen. Right. <laughs> like, right. Like, I'm going to make this happen. Like, you know what I'm saying? But it was back, I was back in the times, you know what I'm saying? So I, was back in the bit, day. I was a little bit wilder. Because you, you have to wild out at first. The first times, like, when I first started getting on it, it was just like, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, and now it's kind of like, because you go through all those things. Now I'm just like, yo, 
I don't know, bro. I'm I'm scared. I just like, yo, you could have something. I'm just, you trying to get my baby. You trying to get me on camera sleeping in the bed. Just leave me alone. Put you on the gram and all of that stuff yeah, like leave, that. Just leave me alone. Yeah. So five. Uh, five is the answer. Then five, one, five in one day. Yeah, five. My bad. I thought you were talking about these questions. No, no, right? no, 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 no. I thought no, you were no, talking no, about no. one through five. No, 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 like, that was the one. Yeah, that was five, 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 five for Tory Lanez. Maddie, how many, <laughs> how many uh, women have you slept with in one day? So one, but before you were married, before you, you were married, you wild out, man. How many? How many? Before you were married, how many women did you slept with in one, in one day? Be honest with us. One. How many women have you slept with in life total? I, I'm not gonna answer that question. Like, imagine he was like one. Hey, this has been a fantastic interview. Love me now is the album, man. It drops. It drops tonight. This won't be out until Tuesday, but it, it drops tonight. He got collabs all over the place. Yeah, man. It's got the hottest album, man. It's the hottest album out there. I promise. I, I I don't mean to you know sound cocky or nothing, but you know we on our way to being the biggest artist in the world. So you, please, we on our way to being the biggest artist in the world. And then after you finish promoting this album, you are gonna go back and hit the gym and fix that jump shot, huh? I'm about to. Hey, hey, yeah, yeah, You be go, bro. Explain to me the mechanics of the Tory Lane. It jump goes shot. in though, bro. It looks so crazy. It looks crazy, but you it's like. It, let me let me explain to you. It's it like looked, fam. It look it look crazy. Like, bro, it looks so <laughs> crazy. Get my man Mike. Like, can we hear him? He's saying this goes in. Like, it, it goes looks in, so bro. crazy. I ain't gonna lie. It does look crazy, but you know what it's Why? Why did you? Why did you? Because I've always been short, and I've always had to play against older dudes, like, and, like, older guys. Like, so, like, my whole thing was just, like, I've always had to shoot. I was always, I always had to shoot to jump and then wait for these guys to move and then throw it behind my back and throw it up. Right. <laughs> so my shit just always looked ugly, but right. I had to learn how to shoot like you know, that. You know who else? You know who else has that same excuse? This is true basketball knowledge. Lonzo Ball. When Lonzo Ball was a kid, LeVar always made them shoot from super, super deep. And because he was small, like he had them shooting deep threes, half-court threes, since they were kids. And because he was so small, in order for Lonzo to get the ball to the basket, he had to gather it from down here and then chuck that bitch up. So because, he, but he got crazy range, but because he had to shoot like that, that's why the jumper comes off like that because he's gathering from here to gather all of that oh, shot. Oh, wow. So you just like Lonzo Ball, my nigga. Shout Lonzo Ball, B. <laughs> from another, you Give it up for Tory Lanez, man. The album is out. Go cop it. Brother, I sincerely hope that you reach your goal and I feel no, that you will. Thank you, man. I appreciate right, it. Peace. Man, for real. We Bye. out.